This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women from the bush, the cities, and all over the world. Apparently, beef snacking, yeah, beef snacks are a thing. This is the mission of my guest today, Emma Williams, who, alongside her mother, is the brains behind Impact Meat, an ag startup selling beef, jerky and biltong using Australian beef. Emma and I crossed paths as finalists in the Buy From The Bush Big Break campaign towards the end of last year. I loved initially the look and the name of her brand, and I was also so interested in its niche, selling beef jerky. So I followed this curiosity and invited Emma to speak with me, and I'm so glad I did because I'm just so impressed by her and by what she's doing. Emma actually grew up in Sydney, but the biggest influence of her life, her Stockton Station agent grandfather lived thousands of kilometres away in Tamworth. And there's absolutely no doubt about it. She was 100% sure, despite not living on a farm, that she was always going to study agriculture at university. She's since worked at grain company Manildra, is the marketing manager at global digital grain marketing company AgriDigital, and is driving Impact Meat in her spare time. So let's start at the beginning and find out exactly why she does love ag so much. No day is the same sky. Um, I think that's what I like the most. I did start my foray and my career in agriculture with Manilge Group, which was obviously an enormous, enormous company. Um, and after being there with three years, it did just excite me more than anything and um, wanted to delve deeper into what was out there in and it was a world where the skill set and the roles in ag were changing quite a lot. So um, I have ended up obviously at a startup company in the ag tech space, um, which is so exciting. And I can see just enormous potential in empowering farmers to unlock greater value in their assets in a time where we feel like there's a lot out of our control um, in the agricultural and the environmental space. Do you have many buddies in the city that work in the ag space? I am really fortunate that um, I did do an agriculture degree at Sydney University and it was there that I did make a really nice network of people who had similar passions and interests that I did that we could uh, share with. So at my age, late 20s, um, you would probably be surprised with how many um, of us that there are based here in Sydney and right across working in some of the more traditional roles in big banks, um, but also, yeah, the startup ag tech or even the remote work um, situation where they may be working for their family farm but based in Sydney um, or working for another regional business. So what's your connection to ag initially? Yeah great question. Um, I guess both my parents have uh, rural backgrounds so my dad's from um, a property up at Narromine, Billabong Station and my mum is from a property at Tamworth. Um, and my mum's parents um, have had an enormous influence on my life um, and were, I guess, the catalyst for really wanting to pursue a career in agriculture um, because I did grow up or most of my life has been spent in Sydney despite that um, rural background. But 
there was not a school holidays that went past that we weren't up at Tamworth um, on the family property there. And yes, that's what kicked it all off and um, made me realize that that's definitely the direction I wanted to pursue. Really? Like all the time you were going through school and as you were growing up, did you, did you want to be a farmer? Yeah, great question because full disclosure, I was a Loretto Curabilly girl. So not only, um, I guess, was I based in Sydney in my high school life, but I was not at a boarding school. So um, I was pretty alone in uh, my interest and and quest to get into that ag space. And uh, the girls probably felt more sorry for me that I was heading back to the (laughs) farm every holidays than they did envy um, the reality that I was living. So um, I actually thought that I wanted to be in um, grain trading or trading in some capacity. I think um, I had uncles that were in that space and I liked that that was kind of a nice mix between being involved in ag, um, but also the fast pace of that city life. Um, And then I guess, yes, doing an agricultural economics degree at Sydney Uni still kind of was open to that, but it was through that that starting and that um, time that I had and, and building that network that I realized that grain trading wasn't the only option that there was to kind of leave, live that life between the big smoke and, um, and the bush and grain trading was definitely not for me um, in the end. But were you always sure that you wanted to study ag at uni? Were there any other options? No, never. I love <laughs> it. Funny, and I was so fortunate. I was the last one to go through the Ag Echoes degree at Sydney Uni, which they've since made redundant. So no, there was there was there was not even a fallback plan, which in hindsight uh, was quite rare for me. I was obviously quite sure of myself and uh, knew that it was the one. So you car- you've carved out your career in ag through marketing. Is that right? To date. Yes. Yep. Which. Um, I guess wasn't always intentional and uh, kind of in hindsight, looking back, happened quite smoothly, but wasn't necessarily something that I set out to tackle. No, because having studied, I mean, I can't imagine Ag Echoes has much marketing in it. And I think my major was econometrics and statistics. So I didn't even attempt that marketing route while at uni. So what's brought you into that? Um, I think, yeah, foray at Manilge Group, um, I had a, an amazing boss, Kirsten Bevan, um, who was the head of government relations there. So I was kind of in a hybrid role between supporting the comms things that she needed from a government relations perspective and really trying to elevate what was out there and all of the amazing things and contributions to the community that Manilge Group did, um, whilst balancing, yeah, a bit of that marketing um, brand awareness style event style stuff um and as yeah I dive deeper into it I I realized that I probably had a bit of a natural flair and interest for um for marketing um and decided to formalize that um after yeah one or two years at Manilja Group into uh, a tighter job description um that I was yeah within do you hope one day to be able to live on a farm or are you happy just where you are having all the niceties of city <laughs> life and still working in an industry that deals with farmers? Oh, the end goal is definitely to go back regional um, again, Sky. And um, my partner, Jack, is from a property at Finaway. Um, he's also, I guess, working in Sydney at the moment and enjoying enjoying his fast life. But we can definitely see a move to the bush um, coming sooner rather than later, to be honest. The, um, yeah, 
it's not all bright lights here forever. So we're just enjoying it while it lasts. I just think the best thing about your 26 about mm-hmm. that is that you can transfer your role now um, and probably not have to give it up to move back to the bush. And that that is just such a game changer for industry and for individuals. Oh my gosh, there's no pressure or concern with it. We have so much confidence that yes, when the time's right, um, whether it's in the roles in a similar capacity than what we're in now or, or at another business, who knows where it will be, that the option will be there for us. So tell me a little bit more about your grandfather. You mentioned him earlier, but yeah. I'd just love to know a bit more about him and the certain ways that he influenced you. Yeah, so my grandfather, Eric Crow was um, a stock agent his whole life. I just think um, he's a brilliant man. I was very fortunate in my younger years to follow him around to different sales and even just walking through town. There was nowhere that we ever went with pop where he wasn't noticed or someone didn't come up um, and introduce themselves to him or chat to him or an old friend. And it just became clearer and clearer through the years, the, the reputation that he had in the industry. And if I was to describe him in two words, I would say um, that he is humble um, and that he has enormous integrity. Um, And that really stuck with me. Um, And it's probably only been in my later years that I've fully been able to register and reflect on the impact that that had and the culmination of um, time that I've spent with him um, and the impact that that's had on who I am and who I want to be and um, what I think I can be. And it's funny because he's a very traditional uh, man in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, what I have been doing is very unconventional. So I'm not sure if he would appreciate that. um, Yeah, me saying that he has been such an influence in the route that I've taken. But um, but yes, I guess he he has absolutely had an an enormous impact on my life and his uh, drive, determination and commitment to the things that he sticks to um, and the way that he's navigated the industry with such integrity um, is definitely, definitely something that um, I hope one day to emulate. That's so nice. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose also just through those experiences, you were able to subconsciously learn a lot about um, how rural communities function. Oh, absolutely. And reputation and relationship is everything, Sky. Um, and I just think the way that he has navigated his dealings um, in that world is, yeah, it's just a great benchmark for how business should be done. Um and yeah, the the commitment I guess that he's he's made himself to yeah um, hold true to his values, um, yeah, and continue to push forward. So it's been awesome. But also, your mom's been a huge influence in your life. Tell me about her. Yeah, yeah mum and I are very close. Um, I have two older brothers and a younger sister. So she's been an amazing mum through the years raising four of us Um, and yeah I am incredibly fortunate to have her guiding me and within earshot constantly Um, and yeah our relationship is very strong and has definitely um, just developed further as I have gotten older and had a real appreciation for the life that she's lived um, and the value and impact that she's had on my life. So where was where did she grow up? 
so she's um, on the same property that um, she's on now in Tamworth that uh, my grandparents are on as well. So she's back there with them. Um, and yeah, so that's where she grew up. And then when she finished school, she um, came to Sydney at quite a young age to become a flight attendant. Um, so that's, yeah, where, where her life navigated to. Oh, that's so cool. Mm. <laughs> um, and what about your brothers and sisters? Were they... Have they ended up in the ag space? No, which is um, quite funny. Like, I don't know what it was about me and why in particular I held on to it. And um, I have always been quite obsessed with my grandparents in Tamworth. So I'm sure that has something to do with it. But no, one of my brothers is in Melbourne. Um, The other one is in Sydney in in the tech space as well. And my younger sister is out, the creative of the family. And I can probably see them all having uh, a really strong appreciation for the country um, and green thumb, like they love gardening and growing their own things and plants. Um, And secretly, I think they probably don't register it now, but they probably will end up regional in some kind (laughs) of capacity um, in the future. But it was just me for now that formally did chase that career in agriculture. So tell me, you and your mum are working together on a new venture. What's this? Yeah, um, we are. It is a, a very new company, Sky, called Impact Meat, um, and it's premium beef biltong and jerky. And full disclosure, it is very much just a side hustle for me, um, but hopefully um, it is really setting mum up for um, in the next stage and phase of her life. I love jerky. And, but it's quite a unique product. What, where did it, where's the idea come from? I know it's a great question. And sometimes I do find myself asking, asking that myself. I, um, I guess through my grandfather um, and my own interest in agriculture have a really strong appreciation for our beef industry. Um, And I'm very interested in region ag in the things that have been done in that space and, and quite proud, I guess, to be in a country where, our industry is so developed and um, making great strides towards a more sustainable future that's still profitable and is doing a lot for future generations. So I follow a lot of food influencers on Instagram Sky and I kept seeing these American influencers constantly eating beef jerky and biltong. And I was just like, we have the best beef industry in the world. Why is that not a snack that we celebrate here when our snacking industry is worth billions of dollars protein is all that we're after and we have the best beef so that's kind of where the idea started from and of course with a background like I do it made that seem more tangible um, than it would yeah just anybody else who wanted to start a beef snacking brand but I guess yeah it was that American influence that really was the catalyst for me deciding to go down and explore this route with mum. You mentioned that your mum is the driving force behind it, but whose idea was it to, to take yeah. it up? I have quite an entrepreneurial mind and I do have to stop myself from like thinking of business ideas Dreaming. and spending <laughs> too much time on them. So yes, it was my idea um, and I have to put my hand up and say that. It was my idea um, between Christmas and New Year last year when I clearly had too much time on my hands and um, yeah, I guess I got her buy-in and um she has more time than I do at the moment. I love my job. So it all of a sudden became hers to run. But um, yeah, 
the idea sprung from my head. So what was, why was she keen on it? Well, I guess um, mum's skill set. So mum didn't have a formal career or a higher education. And so what mum is amazing at is being hands-on and making things happen. She, I always say, is the best farmer you'll find. She's the first one out in the morning and the last one at night. And so mum loved the idea because I think it felt tangible to her. She um, loves whole foods. She has an appreciation for nourishing your body. Um, she's constantly, I guess, looking to for healthy food options on the go. She's very busy being out on the farm. And so it just made sense to her. And as we started to try some of the options that were currently on the market here, yeah, she was just like, there is a missing market for something that doesn't have anything artificial in it, but is still a good texture. And hopefully something that we can educate the consumer to also enjoy because yes, obviously the jerky texture is something that's definitely new to a lot of people um, and will take time to get used to. What's the process? How do you make it? So again, I'm so fortunate with some of the connections that I have, mm. but I just kind of got the word out there and started asking a couple of um, family friends in the in the meat industry where I should start, what I should be looking at. And I was so fortunate to get a brilliant introduction to, um, I guess, partners in the business from a manufacturing capacity, um, Dave and Nick. And they are from South Africa. They've been out in Australia for four or five years. And uh, Dave um, actually works for, I guess, the, the red meat industry body um, in an innovation sense, but also has his own Biltong and Jerky Manufacturing Facility up on the Central Coast with um, his son, Nick. So I connected with them and they have just been so kind and giving in their time and insights. They've got uh, enormous experience in the drying tradition, um, being South African, and have shared so much of that with me. So um, together I told them exactly what I wanted and we did do a lot of product development to get what we have today. Um, and for now, they are yeah, my full support network in, in drying that um, premium product. Um, and then the situation as it stands is my weekends are spent with mum packing the product. So <laughs> that's the current, uh, the current startup process and phase. Do you like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, it's not as bad as it sounds, um, running through a thousand bags of jerky on a Saturday and Sunday. Um, it's been a really rewarding start to, to a business and we're here for the journey. Um, I think we've both been very realistic in our expectations of what a startup business looks like. So nothing's really come by surprise yet. Um, and yeah, we're really just grateful to have the opportunity and to have made the connections that we have so far. So that's awesome. Thousand a weekend. Is that, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Um, yeah. As you said, jerky is new. So, so is Biltong. And I don't know, it might've been a bit naive of us to think that either of us had the power to convince a consumer to give it a, give it a shot, but everybody has been super lovely so far. Um, we really just getting consumer feedback at the moment as much as we can and trying to find our feet with wholesalers and potential partners and retailers who I guess are aligned to us in our values and brand ethos and can yeah see our potential because yes there's no doubt that a couple of our business operations reflect how young <laughs> that we are. 
Mm. Yeah, it's and have you been able to, I think probably your networks, your personal networks are quite yeah. huge. And so have you seen that you've been able to eat outside of that already? Yes. Yeah, so we were so fortunate to, um, I guess, be alongside yourself, Sky, in that Buy From The Bush campaign. So there's no doubt that uh, that was instrumental, I guess, in, in getting beyond the network that um, was almost by default through family and friends, through, I guess, family and friends and their family and friends. Um, I would say three quarters of our orders and interest at the moment are from people that we don't have a direct relation with, which is way more exciting than you yeah, can probably ever imagine. But um, seeing names come through that you've never heard of before is, yeah, it's amazing. So um, we're getting there slowly but steadily. And what's, what's your hope? What's your goals within the next couple of years in terms of wholesaling and retail? I guess when you think about starting a business, it is, yeah, interesting to reflect on exactly why you start the business and what your objectives are. The goals and the objectives with Impact Meet are really to create a lifestyle um, for mum foremost, but also myself that we enjoy and that we feel as if we're having an impact, hence Impact Meet. So we wanted to be able to, yeah, just frankly make money off something that we were passionate about and that we felt we had, we had the skill set to support. So with Impact Meet, we would really like to, I guess, be hands-on in closing the loop and making it a sustainable, carbon neutral, or even a carbon positive brand. Um, we see the consumer interest in those kind of products and it's not something that we're chasing as a trend, but something that we would like to really achieve as a family through our own beef cattle operation. And yeah, I think we both have the entrepreneurial mind to kind of navigate and see how that works. So we don't have enormous plans projects terms of how many stores we want to be stocking, how much jerky we want to be turning over, but really do want to enjoy the journey towards what that um, carbon positive business looks like for us from, a, I guess, a farm perspective through a consumer product. This podcast is all about celebrating better connections for women in the bush. In fact, as members of the Country Women's Association of New South Wales, women all over have been bettering the services, facilities and communities of this state since 1922. That's right. 2022 marks 100 years of the CWA of New South Wales. For a century, CWA women have been initiators, fighters and lobbyists. A hundred years ago, they grouped together to start facilities like baby healthcare centres in their local towns. As the association grew, it took their voice to Parliament, both state and federal, to lobby for better maternity services, more doctors for the bush and better schools. All the while bringing the ideas of its members to life, turning little localities into vibrant communities, reducing isolation and lifting the lives of those who lived there. You can help celebrate 100 years of the CWA of New South Wales by having a look at what they're doing on social media, buying some special 100-year merchandise from their website, or even better, becoming a member. CWAofNewSouthWales.org.au has all the information you need.
Is the hope that you that impact meat will be one hundred percent sourced from your own operations? Yeah, long term. <laughs> Definitely. Is, is it at the moment? Um, no, it's not. So currently we are sourcing from OBE organic. Um, so that is where we're getting our meat from. They're great um, and they're awesome um, and they're a perfect place for us to start and totally attuned and aligned with a lot of the ethos of the brand. But um, the two big things that we would like to see and steps that we would like to take is, yes, A, um, sourcing the product or producing the product ourselves um, on our land so that I guess we do have full control over that supply chain quality of, of product. Um, and also to look at sustainable packaging alternatives. So that is also something that, yeah, we're chasing at quite hard, um, which is not something that's unique to us. I think it's meat packaging as a whole is, yeah, unfortunately probably not up to speed um, with some of the other industries in terms of packaging alternatives. So would like to, yes, be on that journey to biodegradable, whatever it might look like, um, packaging for meat. Why did you call it impact meat? The name doesn't have um, jerky or biltong in it. No, probably because of um, the reputation that jerky and biltong have, which... Um, it's is, all good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. No, you immediately think of like truck stop, teriyaki, like covered in uh, flavouring of some kind, quite the opposite to where we're looking at positioning the product. Um but it was called impact meat because yeah, it just, it does come back to, to really wanting to have an impact. And I think for mom in particular, she has far more experience, lived experience than I do. And um, is at a stage of life where it is a priority for her to give back to the community. Um, and yeah, I guess just to be more holistic in a business approach um, and not so selfish in, in, in our goals. So impact me because we truly want to have an impact at every business that we touch at every stage of the supply chain and become quite integrated with the communities that we operate in. How has your current CEO Emma Weston um, at AgriDigital who is quite well known within the ag space for just being an incredible thinker and entrepreneur Mm -hmm. has she supported you and has she been wonderful in this process too? Emma has been absolutely incredible through this whole process. She's so open to the concept of a side hustle and me working alongside mum to get the foundation set up for, for the two of us. And absolutely working under a mind like hers has A, given me the confidence to actually give this a crack, but B, she's so open to um, all of the learnings that she's had um, as a CEO and founder in the business. And she balances her life amazingly well um, between family, um, relaxation, and yeah, whilst being so hyper-focused in a high-performing, happening business. So she is absolutely the best role model that I've had um, to give a side hustle a crack. Definitely would not be able to do it without her guidance. How have you found it as two females in the space? Mum and I, that is. Mm. Yeah, we are not good with the confidence thing yet. And um, I don't know if that's unique to us, but we definitely have had issues with imposter syndrome already. And despite having such an entrepreneurial mind, I would have to say at no point has it felt right to I guess, take money from people, which is a really weird concept, but 
the moment that family and friends were supporting and purchasing the product, I probably felt more uncomfortable than I did happy. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of give them the product. Yeah. Um, and so that actual business transactionary thing has been very new to the both of us. And I think that might be because, well, mum is the most giving person in terms of her time, energy, um, and emotionally ever. And so it just hasn't felt natural for us to enter, yeah, a business transaction with people that we're close with. We're, we're far more comfortable just giving. And so, yeah, backing ourselves in that capacity um, has, I don't know if that's unique to the two of us, but that's probably been, yeah, one of the factors that we've both reflected on as something that we need to work on. That's so interesting. I don't think you're alone at all, especially yeah. in a female space. I think um, it's definitely something that I struggle with too. You, you just think, oh, it's almost too easy, but you forget about all the lead up oh, um, to make right. that transaction. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, I wouldn't say at any stage we have felt necessarily comfortable or proud yet of what we've achieved. It's more we haven't had an impact yet. Like when is that going to kick in and, and when can we, or are we adding enough value? Um, and are, are our customers feeling that? What's your sort of fresh take on jerky? Is there anything mm. particularly different about the product? Yeah. So I would say that our product is quite different um, from what is out there um, widely in Australia today. So I also live with a great bunch of girls who had never had um, jerky before. And one has been a vegetarian half of her life and she's currently eating it on a daily basis. So I figure that that's awesome. um, yeah, quite a good start. And I have another very close friend, Danielle, she's Italian and it's also become a staple in her life. And I was like, I've got an Italian and a vegetarian for half their life. And they've become um I guess attuned to the texture and the understanding of what jerky is as a product and so in our day-to-day -day lives it has become a snack um which prior to me starting the business jerky was definitely not a snack of mine I think living this side hustle life and um still wanting to be quite active the high protein nature of it does like give you an energy hit so that is something that I probably didn't anticipate to be so obvious as like an energy packed snack option it definitely doesn't make you feel bad after you eat it and then for cheese boards as well sky so the biltong which is the softer of the two products um has been a, an awesome replacement on cheese boards and uh, yes being younger crowd we do love entertaining and we have replaced a lot of our imported, more highly processed options um, with Biltong, which yeah has, has been lovely to see and I would like to see uh, happen more widely to celebrate Australian dried cured meat. So cool. I have your, I've got a huge packet of, well, I've got, but, uh, I, but I haven't had it yet. I'm saving it for Christmas presents, but you're um, making me want to go and have it now. <laughs> the Peri Peri, I have to say, uh, has skyrocketed. It's funny, Biltong started as a favorite, I think, because people were more willing to give the biltong a try because it was softer um, and more, yeah, I guess attuned to a salami um, or another cured meat that we purchased from the supermarket. Whereas the jerky is chewy in texture, there's no denying that. And so, yeah, it's been interesting to see the peri peri jerky really ramp up in terms of interest and sales from people who are new to the product and started to quite enjoy yeah chewing on quite a, a spicy um 
premium snack. What have you had any observations on the breakdown of male to female customers? Yeah, it's funny. I think which uh, your audience and you can probably tell it, it's quite a nice looking brand, if I do say so myself. Um, it, so it has been picked up a lot by females who have been attracted to the branding and a lot of the content that we've been putting out. Um, but in terms of those eating the product, yeah, it's the guys and the males that are that are absolutely the first to pick it up off a board or um, to give it a go. And so it's kind of balancing it out. Yeah, really interesting. So did with your branding, did you do mm-hmm. that? I did, yes. It was yeah. um, quite the process, the branding, and I had a million and one ideas. My poor graphic designer, who was a girl I went to school with, so I liked using the connections within that space as well. But yes, I'm really happy with what we ended up with and it's been, feedback's been awesome. Because it's quite unisex. It looks excellent, but it is quite unisex. That was purposeful, I take it. Totally. Yes, totally. We, yeah, we definitely didn't want to uh, go down a a route of being more masculine or or more feminine. Um, So I'm glad that you feel that way as well. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about yourself, Emma. Um, I always love on my podcast chatting about daily routines. Mm. Tell me how a a good day starts for you. What time do you get up and what's the first thing that you do? Yes, I find it very weird talking about myself in this capacity and I'm fully aware at how crazy this might sound, but um, I do have a 5.30 alarm in the morning. So I love getting up um, and get going. With COVID, that has, um, I guess, my routine's changed a little bit. So a walk in the morning before work um, is definitely what I aim for. But now that we are back in the office in some capacity, I can also walk to work, which is lovely. Um, And I start work as early as possible um, as at AgriDigital at the moment, we're expanding into the North American market. So um, having crossover with my North American colleagues is a bit of a priority at the moment, which is great. I time block my day and I blame Emma Weston, my CEO for this, but I have fully adopted her strategy with that and am quite defined in it. So two days out, I try to um, be really rigorous and fair and exactly how I want to spend my time um, during my working day, um, which includes your lunch breaks and your decompress and um, whatever else needs to be included in there so that um, I don't burn out. In the evenings, I really like to to take it slow. I always check in with mom in the evenings to see how impact meat has gone during the day. I kind of can't switch off um, if I'm going to be honest. So I will continue to either tinker on agri-digital impact meat in some capacity um, into the evenings, but purely out of an enjoyment and interest reason rather than pressure from either, which I think makes it so easy and enjoyable to do because I truly love um, what I'm doing uh, with both. So that's my day. Tell me more about your time blocking. What are the categories that you work under? Yes. Yeah, so um, I read a book called uh, Working Hard or Hardly Working by Grace Beverly, a young entrepreneur in the UK. Um, and I guess her theory with time blocking is being really defined um, with your time, with set objectives and outcomes that you want with each. So For task work, I will allocate a certain amount of time to that task work that needs to be done. And there can be a whole heap of tasks done within that hour of work, but um, nothing that takes longer than 20 minutes should be included in task work. 
Um, and then once I get through my task work, which includes emails and writing to-do lists and getting back to people, I go into longer blocked um, time, which requires a lot more discovery, deeper work thinking. Um, and I usually mute my notifications right across the board so that um, I can be hyper-focused and concentrated during those times. I'm so fortunate at AgriDigital that I guess we are all on board with that style of working. So it is respected across the company that um, that is a style that can be adopted by us in that workspace. Um, and also have plenty of time for collaboration in there as well. Um, so yeah, keep it open. I, I do only time block two days in advance. So should there be meetings um, in the diary, they absolutely stick and I just work around them. And decompress? Yes, decompress after every meeting or session that I have, which is about 15 minutes um, of time I allocate. And that is really a wind down, a get up from um, your desk and walk around, grab a drink of water. Um, if notifications have been muted, make sure there's nothing you need to jump on um, so that you can refresh um, before yeah, you jump in your next meeting or into the next time blocked piece of work. And so it, outside of work, which you don't sound like yeah. you have much time outside of work, but what do you like to do to kind of, if you've had an overwhelming week or yes. month, what do you find helps you come back down to earth? My um, guilty habit is reality TV. <laughs> and which again, is just really unconventional for me because I can't even leave listen to a podcast unless it's educational so um yeah reality tv is where I really switch off and I think I like it because I don't have to think in any capacity and at all so yeah late at night before bed you'll often find me um yeah really diving deep into reality um but on the weekends I'm quite a social person I live with a couple of friends in Sydney so uh, it's always very easy to enjoy a walk, a coffee or a wine um, with a friend that's close. Um, so, yes, that that kind of keeps me busy in itself. What podcast do you listen to? So um, my most recent podcast, and I can't believe that I'm, I'm saying this, and Emma, if you're listening, it's, I mean it, is Harvestable by AgriDigital. So it is a podcast that was produced um, internally at work, um, but it's 15 minute fireside chats. And I think that's the style that I'm really into at the moment. Um, and a couple of other uh, podcasts like see, um, Diary of a CEO um, and Ag Tech So What did one as well, um, but just short, sharp, impactful insights. So 15 minutes is kind of what I'm absorbing at the moment between yeah, work commutes um, or getting the dinner ready. And are you a bit of a cook? Do you, do you like food? I do. I love food, which works well with Impact Beat, I guess. Um, but I do. I do. I love cooking. I um, I guess we have a couple of allergies in our house. We have a celiac um, and peanut allergy, which often means that we're um, by default eating healthier whole foods. Um, and we do share it around in this household too. So uh, that makes it easy but yes you will find me meal prepping doing Harris Farm Run on a Sunday um, yeah and making sure that every meal I eat excites me. Uh, well Emma it's been awesome to chat with you and learn about more about 
what drives you and what you're up to and and how you live your life so thank you so much for for taking the time to sparing me the time to ask you all these questions <laughs> i've always got time for you sky and i <laughs> really appreciated the conversation it's again random to think that anybody would want to know but i'm glad that you um, found it interesting at the very least isn't it so refreshing to hear from a young spring chicken in the ag industry I certainly loved speaking with one and I just think it's a really good example that you can really make ag what you want. Their range of careers is absolutely huge. You might have heard me mentioning Christmas in that interview. Well, it was recorded last year and I'm proud to say that I've now dispersed all of my impact meat, beef, jerky, Chrissy presents. We did a communal taste testing um, and chatted around a shared table at Christmas time. And yes, the peri-peri jerky was definitely the standout winner. It was such a fun thing to do and really such a delicious product as well. Thanks, Emma, for chatting with us. And I'm just so happy to hear that you and your partner can see a move to the bush coming soon. If you're interested in a little sneak peek at Emma's favourite reads, the things that she has on her bedside table, then make sure you sign up to the newsletter, Company on Sunday at mansonandcompany.com or via my Instagram account. The newsletter is my love. I love putting it together. It's full of links to interesting articles to, to read local and international Instagram discoveries, podcast playlists, and it's just a gorgeous thing to be able to read on a Sunday morning while you're still in bed. Thank you to the CWA of New South Wales. Thank you, thank you, thank you, who has just come on board as a sponsor of this series of company. I will be back with you next week.